Hello and welcome. You know, one of life's biggest questions must be, what does the long-term future hold for us? It's an unfortunate fact that virtually everything in our world is deteriorating. Sooner or later, that includes us as well. We all share the same problem that we have no long-term future. As we cannot solve this problem, we need help. But we need help from somewhere we can trust. We also need to be sure that our helper has the ability and willingness to do something about our problem. If we could find good evidence of a God who is willing and able to help, we should at least consider whether there could be a solution to our problem. We want to show you that there are very good reasons to believe that the God of the Bible has the answer to this question of our long-term future. The same God has answers to other questions as well. And we are going to explore these other questions and we're going to break it up into three sections. And the following is an outline. Firstly, we're going to look at, is there a God I can't see? Secondly, why should I believe in a God I can't see? And thirdly, is the Bible a message from a God I can't see? We're going to look at long-term predictions. We're going to look at a law that is ahead of its time. We're going to look at archaeology as proofs from the ground. So what other problems are there are in believing a message from a God I can't see? Well, why does this God allow suffering? Has science disproved the Bible? Has Christianity caused wars? And what is the world coming to? What is the meaning of life? Is there more to life than this? These and other questions we hope to answer in this seminar. Okay, so let's address the first question. Why should I believe in a God I can't see? Well, because there's a lot of evidence around us that there is a power greater than ourselves. Secondly, because there are many facts that can only be explained by the existence of such a power. We can understand that it's hard to believe in a God we can't see. And we will explore the reasons for believing in a power greater than ourselves. There is real evidence to support a belief in God, even though we can't see him. And of course, I guess we, in terms of problems in believing him, we appreciate that you may have problems believing in a God that we can't see. No one can see God. We like everything to be tangible, don't we? But we all believe in many things we can't see based on the evidence that we have. The wind for an example, isn't it? We don't see it, but we can see what it does. And belief in God is the same. We can look at the evidence that he exists. Another problem can be our personal circumstances that can be hard to fit in with our impression of a loving God. We will be considering why a loving God allows suffering in a later session. But we should realise that suffering in the world doesn't prove or deny the existence of God. 
Uh, peer pressure can be a big problem in believing in a God. There are a lot of people who are very vocal in their belief that there is no God. Friends, colleagues, family, scientists, the ABC newsreaders. It can be very difficult not to go with the flow. And another problem can be that we lead busy lives. Some things we don't have time to investigate, whether that's buying something because a friend recommended it, or taking a certain route home because it's the way we've always done it. We can be like that with God and religion. We just go with what we're brought up with or with what our friends believe or what the ABC or figures in authority say. Let's put these problems aside and explore some of the reasons for believing in a power greater than ourselves. We want to help you realize that there is real evidence to support a belief in God, even though we can't see him. Let's look at the evidence. You know, a judge or a jury looks at the evidence put before them, don't they? They then decide whether or not the accused is guilty, and the more evidence that is presented, the more convinced the judge or jury are. One or two pieces of evidence may be a coincidence, but if there are many pieces of evidence all pointing to the same conclusion, the evidence is compelling. We should use a similar method when deciding whether we believe in a God or not. If there is no real evidence, we are wasting our time. If, however, there is evidence of a God who offers us a long-term future, we would be foolish not to consider it, would we not? We will look at the evidence, both in the world around us, pointing to a God, and in the message that claims to be from God. Well, let's consider the evidence for a designer. We need to consider how we can detect design as opposed to random chance. If we come across a sequence of letters, such as what we see on the screen, we could say that they are random. No thought or design is evident. If, however, we see that the letters, this is a sequence of letters, we can see that someone has thought about it. There is evidence of design. The same applies to the world around us. The carved heads of the American presidents on Mount Rushmore clearly show more evidence of design than the eroded rocks we see in the picture. We can see that complexity indicates a designer. If we've never seen a mobile phone and we saw one lying on the floor, we would maybe pick it up and notice how complicated it looked. We would see that there were buttons and other features that were obviously there for a purpose. We would conclude that the features had been thought about. It would be obvious that it had been designed and therefore there was a designer. The remarkable complexity that scientists have discovered in the natural world tells us that there is a remarkably intelligent designer behind it all. Have a think about the incredible amount of information that is stored in each and every cell in our bodies. Information is needed to control energy production, waste disposal, chemical storage and processing. This information is stored in our DNA. The picture on the screen illustrates its structure. It has been estimated that there is enough information in a single human cell to fill the Encyclopedia Britannica, all 30 volumes of it, three or four times over. 
It is unreasonable to think that the Encyclopaedia Britannica was, was written without intelligence. It is just as unreasonable to believe that the information in our DNA was produced without intelligence. So where did life come from? Throughout nature, we see not only complexity, but also levels of complexity where living organisms are completely dependent on each other. And because of this interdependency, one partner cannot survive without the other. We see parts of animals, collections of cells or proteins that work together and are yet by themselves are useless. They would have had to have evolved simultaneously. In fact, gradual evolution is not possible in such cases. Here is an indication that a creator put the workings of life and nature into place. And what about our world? What about your universe? It was a well-known writer, Professor Paul Davies, who wrote in his book, The Goldilocks Enigma, and he said, If almost any of the basic features of the universe, from the properties of atoms to the distribution of galaxies, were different, life would very probably be impossible. A bio-friendly universe looks like a fix-up or a put-up job to use the description of the late British cosmologist Fred Hoyle. It appeared to Hoyle as if a super-intellect had been monkeying with the laws of physics, and he was right in his impression. There are a large number of features about planet Earth that are just right to support life. These critical things include the distance from the Sun, the stability of the Sun, the size of the Sun and the angle of the Earth's axis, the speed of rotation, the proportion of land and sea, the composition of the atmosphere. It looks as though the universe and our Earth have been arranged to support life. So why should I believe in a God I can't see? Let's think about the law, laws of physics, for instance. The laws of physics are very precise. The pendulum on a clock depends on, a, on the law that says a pendulum of a particular length always takes exactly the same time to swing from one side to the other. The existence of these exact laws implies a lawgiver. And what about moral law? Have you ever thought about that? Throughout history, every culture has some form of law. Murder, lying and stealing are almost universally rejected. Everyone has a sense of morality but there are widely differing opinions about what is right and what is wrong. So where did this sense of right and wrong come from, if not from a God? In the Bible, there is much evidence of a God that we, can, we can't see. The Bible claims to be a message from that God. We will look at some of the evidence in more detail in later presentations, but we will take a brief look at the evidence now so that we can see how many different types of evidence there is. Well, firstly, what about accurate predictions? We can sometimes make predictions based on what we have seen in the past. Weather forecasters, market researchers and, force and sales forecasters all try to predict what has happened with varying degrees of success. But over 2000 years ago, the God of the Bible made many accurate predictions about various cities and nations. And these predictions are clear and direct. They have known to be written before the event. 
they were written by people who had no influence to make them come true, and they were fulfilled by people who were not even aware that they were doing so. There are many predictions about the Jews. They are said that the Jews would be generally disliked and have a history unlike any other nation. And these predictions could not be guesses based on the history of other nations because they are totally different from what we would expect. Yet they have all proved to be accurate. There are also predictions about other nations and cities. These predictions are clear and different for each city and nation. The Bible prophets remarkably chose the right prediction for each one. When we think about it, these predictions are very powerful evidence of an invisible God who is greater than ourselves. We will look at some of these remarkable predictions in later presentations. Well, a law ahead of its time. You know, the Bible contains scientifically advanced community health practice and a morally advanced civil law that was thousands of years ahead of its time. Compared with the practices of other nations, the Bible's advice on community health was remarkable. It wasn't until the 19th century that most European countries discovered and adopted the ideas found in this 3,000-year-old law. If we had taken the Bible's advice on sewage disposal and hygiene, many lives would have been saved. And in some respects, we have not caught up with this law yet. As with the accurate predictions we spoke of, we will look at the evidence in more detail in later sessions. But the variety of people who wrote the Bible is remarkable. The Bible is made up of 66 individual books. They were written down by people of many occupations spread over a time period of hundreds of years. We had writers such as a slave, a temple servant, a priest, a captive in a foreign land, a shepherd, a king, a musician, a royal descendant, a herdsman, a customs officer, a doctor, a prisoner, a high-ranking Jew, and a fisherman. And they were located in Egypt and Israel, Babylon and Persia, Rome, Greek and Turkey. They were single, married, they had marital, marital problems that are recorded. And they wrote from 1450 BC to AD 96. There is no other book in the world written by so many different authors spread over a period of 1500 years that has one consistent message. Some of the Bible writers suffered terribly or even died for giving their message. And people don't risk their lives for a message that they make up. The Bible writers had good reason to believe that their message was true. And you know, the Bible has a ring of truth about it. You know, it's unique among the world's history books. It is brutally honest about the great men it describes. It gives up a balanced picture. It tells us what to admire in them. And with equal openness, it tells us where each one fell down. Most historians' records, records of uh, ancient kings are noticeably silent about their shortcomings. They usually concentrate on how great and how mighty they were. 
and the media in our day often expose facts about leaders that those leaders would rather hide. No leader wants his bad points to be public knowledge, and great efforts are sometimes made to conceal them. It is only natural that they want to hide their own weaknesses. You know, the Bible gives an unusually balanced view. Abraham, one of the greatest characters in the Old Testament, betrayed his wife to save his own life. King David, another famous Old Testament character, murdered to try and cover up the fact that he slept with another man's wife. The men who founded the first century church are all shown initially as being selfish in wanting to be number one. And in his early days, the great New Testament preacher Paul condemned many people to death because he disagreed with what they believed. The Bible is unlike in, in any other record of history. And there is an element in the Bible called Bible echoes. And, and echoes are another unique feature of the Bible. These are uh, themes and ideas which keep appearing through the Bible. Just as sound sometimes produce echoes that come back to us, so the Bible has themes and ideas that keep coming back. They show that all the Bible fits together in a single unit. There's this book called The Treasury of Scriptural Knowledge. It contains no less than a half a million Bible links. It is a very useful book to help us find these echoes. In fact, some computer packages contain the treasury of scriptural knowledge as a, an essential add-on. Both in our world and in the Bible, we have seen a wide variety of evidence of a God we can't see. We hope you want to look at the evidence in more detail and also find out more about the, the message from this God. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you.